Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Our guest today is Katie Wolf. Katie has more than 20 years of experience working in the travel technology space. She is currently Vice President of Surgeon, where she is responsible for driving the firm's commercial strategy for the Americas with hotels, attractions, and tourism partners. Katie is a strong believer in empowering women. She currently serves on several industry advisory boards and founded Women in Travel Tech and the Surgeon Women's Group. Welcome, Katie. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me. I love listening to your podcast and all the different topics that you guys have on here. So I'm excited to talk about work that I do with other women and always excited to talk about the travel industry, of course. Well, that's great because, you know, just women in travel tech, just the tech part of women becoming involved in that form of industry and also women's groups, which we are so desperately in need for, and advisory boards. I think that when we read about you and heard about you, we wanted to bring you on because it's often interesting to hear as women our journey. Maybe you could start us off a little bit today and tell us a little bit about your background and the journey and how you chose to pursue a career in the travel industry and the tech aspect of it. I grew up back east. I'm the youngest of six kids. And in order for our parents to get us out of the house, they started us in ski racing in the wintertime. I think they felt like, oh, let's get some energy out and, and get these kids out of the house. And I think my bug started then because we would travel every weekend to these different races um, and different ski resorts all around New England. And so I think that was my first introduction to travel and understanding the world was bigger and there was lots of interesting things going on. My father also when the Sunday New York Times came, always pulled out the travel section. And that was like the last piece that he he read. And I started following in his suit and I would rip out ads and different things that I thought were interesting. And I started keeping folders of places I wanted to go and hotels that I wanted to see. And what that eventually led to is when I got ready to go to college, I decided I wanted to major in hospitality. And as the youngest of six kids, I had a a sister who was a lobbyist, a brother who was a lawyer, two financial planners and advisors in my family, and another sister who was a professor. So when I told my family that I wanted to go into hospitality, they thought I was making a giant mistake. And now 20 plus years later into my career, I can easily say that I'm, I'm having the last laugh. <laughs> well, you certainly are. And I love the idea of the ski racing. We had um, four children and I remember just getting them ready. We used to fly out west every year and just getting them ready was quite a task. They, they still laugh about standing up and passing the boots down and whose ski jacket <laughs> was going to be worn that year. We had one girl in the middle of all those boys and you never ordered pink. Everything was red and blue so it could be passed down. <laughs> but you know, it's funny <laughs> as parents, you don't realize little things that you do when you talk about the New York Times and just leaving that travel section. One little thing like that can be life-changing to a young person that starts to dream and explore. But it's also really apparent in reading your background that you devote so much time to giving back and helping other women as they pursue their dreams and goals. Was there something in your background or in your career that led you to begin to have this sort of passion and desire to help? 
Yeah, I, well, I have the six of us. I have three sisters. We're all very close uh, and always have you know, helped each other out and had each other's back. So I think it started very young with something like that and just having really that sisterhood. And as I had my career and I, I started out in different industries, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of very inspirational women, some I worked for, some I worked with. And for me, it always just made sense to band together and support each other and, and bring each other up. I always felt like there was really two options when I would work with women. You could see some that were in the boat with you, rowing it together, and some who were off going in their own direction. And I always wanted to be in the boat rowing with everybody in the same direction. So, again, that was always really nice and always a priority for me to make sure that I was an advocate for and had advocates for me in different places that I worked and was lucky enough to be surrounded by, like I said, a lot of women who inspired me and really led me to not only, you know, working at these great companies, but eventually in 2015, I ventured out on my own. I started a company called A23 Advisors, which is essentially a female founded, funded and led company and created that because I know there's so many amazing women in the workplace, but like me, I had three kids in four years. It's hard to balance it all. And uh, I wanted to really create a marketplace for women who had great careers and great skill sets where they could showcase their talents and be in control of how they manage their time. So A23 became a marketplace for women to come and, and def, you know, showcase their wares and work with different clients, specifically in the travel industry. And then an offshoot of that was women in travel tech. And what I found there was a lot of these women in the travel industry that I worked with and in the technology industry, which women are fewer and far between, that there really wasn't a forum for women to get together and share ideas or share grievances about what was working and, and what wasn't working. And I'd go to these events and I'd see there was a golf tournament for this company and it was 95% men and only two women were there golfing or something. And there, there wasn't really something in the industry for women. So we created that and it's been big success. Started that in 2017. We have uh, over 100 women in the, the travel and, and travel tech space. And we were offering an annual conference, but online courses and different things like that. When I came to work at Sojourn, over 56% of the workforce was women. And it just made complete sense in that environment as well to put together a Sojourn women's group because there's a ton of amazing women that work there and wanted to also have a platform globally for these women to get together and share ideas and best practices and opportunities to learn. Katie, I, I can so passionately empathize with you. Being in the financial industry many years ago and still today, women are such a minority, and it is so needed that there is a platform and a support network out there for so many of us in so many different industries. And, and finance is very similar to the travel and the technology industry. And I was a mother of four children. And I remember thinking, no, we can do this. And we also have a 100% women-owned firm. So I I still, when you're talking, I'm, I'm smiling here thinking, wow, it, it, <laughs> if we can do this across so many different venues and industries, I think that's the success. But with the current environment, as women, we all are used to adversity, I think, because once you're raising children and you're trying to work, that's adversity in itself. But how has the travel agency, I think that we're all listening to you and we know that you're intimately involved in that and the technology part of it and technology is affecting all industries on um, the financial, the, the travel industry, you name it. 
if you're not embracing the, the technology aspect of it, and especially with the current environment we're in, how has the travel industry been affected? I know there are ways of using technology to adjust this, but I know that you have been so helpful and also empowering women who are home with their children now and, and trying to juggle it all. Can you talk about the, the travel agency and what they're going through and what you maybe foresee? I think we would all be very interested in that. Yeah, sure. So first of all, I'm bullish on travel. Travel industry has taken its hits and its punches. You know, it's 9-11 really got decimated, the 2008 recession, when the dot-com boom happened. But the industry is so resilient and it always comes back and it always comes back with new innovations and it comes back better. And I think one of the things that just as individuals, I don't know if it's American or, or, or global, but everybody works hard to play hard and wants to reserve their right to travel and, and have a great adventure or a great experience. And I know at least, you know, with my family and my kids, you can certainly give them the material things, but I'd much rather give them an experience that they remember for their lifetime. And so that's where travel is really unique. I'm confident travel will rebound. It'll be long. It's certainly been taken a really devastating hit, but I think we're seeing pockets of sunshine in different places. The vacation rental market is doing really well. Drive markets, people are happy to get in their cars and go places as long as they feel safe and and things are clean. I think you're seeing the outdoor industry, RV rentals have been having a gangbuster summer. National parks in the United States have been having a great summer as, as well. They didn't charge fees. They were letting people come there for free, camping, all of that. And so I think in the U.S. in particular, people have been able to rediscover what's in their backyard, spending more time with family, which is great. And I think the way that technology ha- has helped it, I know at Sojourn in particular, we work really closely with clients. We are travel's demand engine for thousands of hotel attraction and tourism brands. So what we do is we use real-time data and insights to determine a traveler's propensity to book. So we can tell where people are searching, what they're looking to buy. And we work to do that to couple data insights with machine learning and find those travelers to go to specific places. And so we're doing our part at chipping away at recovery and understanding market trends. We see places like Montana and Idaho and Wyoming and all these amazing places that maybe in the summertime people would travel international or go other places, but are being rediscovered, which is really nice. I I agree with you because I think that when you talk about it's empowering to children and it is with education, especially with children having to do remote learning and things, what a great opportunity. When I was a kid, I remember one of the best things my parents did is we took a five-week out west and we really traveled and, and went to all the national parks. And it was such a wow experience for me as a child. We actually did it with our four children and we took two months and the best trip they would say they ever had. It's not only bonding as a family, but to see your national parks and to see that. And so I agree with you. And and the travel industry is such a part of that. And to be able to plan it online with technology is amazing. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a great yep. opportunity that our parents didn't have. I remember my dad with the maps out on the, on the <laughs> table. So we've come a long way and I'm probably dating myself. But the experience <laughs> is, I think the experience for young people and a family is empowering. So you're right. I mean, people don't say, how can we think out of the box and to get into a car and to be able to see the vast I think the thing that is most um, empowering to young people is to see how large their country is 
and how different. And that, before they even leave the country to see other aspects of the world, if they know their own country, I think it's it's a great foundation. Yeah. I want to stop because I want to congratulate you. One thing that we haven't talked about is I know that you serve on several boards. We both know that women don't occupy enough of the board seats in many of the Russell 3000 companies. What are some things you think, because there's so many women that are listening that are real powerhouses in their industry and in their companies, or like you and I have started companies from the kitchen table and built them into real um, enterprises. What are some things that they could be doing that would actually be empowering and such a gift of a give back to boards? And how would you suggest that maybe they go about that? You know, there's so many also powerful nonprofits and their colleges and things like that that they can give back. It doesn't necessarily have to be a public board, but I think there is a need for the, the talent out there of women. I agree. And I think the first thing I would recommend is find something you're passionate about. Otherwise, you're not going to want to, you know, us women, we're very busy. We have very busy lives. We're juggling multiple things. And so it has to be something that you really care about and you're passionate about. And so I think that's the best starting point. From there, I would say, you know, definitely leverage your network, maybe make a list of passionate about X, Y, and Z. You know, I spent the last 18 years in San Francisco and we recently moved out to Park City, Utah. And I said, okay, who are some of the companies or some of the boards that I want to be involved with out in Utah? And I made a list and then I went and I looked at my network and I said, okay, who do I know in my network who is connected to some of these people? So I worked on a couple university boards in California. I knew University of Utah has a large uh, recreation and tourism program and very passionate about education and about promoting hospitality and tourism as part of the education curriculum. And so as part of University of Utah, I wanted to get involved in that. And so I leveraged my business network and my university network in California to help get a foot in the door in, in at University of Utah. And so definitely leverage your network. Look for a gap on the board that you bring a unique skill set uh, and let them know why it makes sense for you to join and how you can be of help to them. And then I would say enlist some mentors, if you have some men in your network as well, uh, who can advocate for you. And I also just completed a 12-week course through Cornell, Executive Women in Leadership, and one of the classes as that was around women working on boards. And one of our output pieces of that was to create a board resume. So I've always had a, a regular resume, but I never had a board resume. And so I, I sat down and I you know, spent a lot of time putting that together. And then what I did is I sent that around to a bunch of people in my network that just said, hey, I want to share this with you. I just put this together. If you hear of interesting opportunities, would you keep me in mind? So, you know, I think those are some little things that can add up to a lot. I agree with you. And it has such helpful advice. And I think so often we don't get the real to-dos of things that we can do. But I'm smiling when you mentioned Park City. Um, That was one of our favorite ski places. And I know from your beginning when you talked about skiing and racing, it seems like you've come full circle. And you you picked probably (laughs) one of the best ski venues that you could in the country. So it was one of our favorite places to go with the kids is is Park City in the winters. The last question I would love for you to share, because your knowledge and and what you've shared so far has been so in-depth, but what is one piece of advice you would give the women that are listening today who are either entering the workforce for the first time, have recently left college or are beginning their careers, but also women who have been in the workforce for quite a long time, but they want to use their experience and give back 
And there, as often women, we always think we have to be perfect before we leap. What would be your advice for the women in the different sectors that they, they can think about in, in when they're trying to make a change? Yeah, I guess I, very simply put, I would say make the time. You need to schedule the time to either make these changes or make these investments, just like you would a workout or a massage or time with your family or a business meeting. So if you are truly passionate about doing something, whether it's getting on a board or making a career change or something along that line, you need to really just set up a plan and budget the time for it and take that time to execute on it. Otherwise, it's just another idea that's out there. And I would say for anybody who's looking to volunteer, again, the majority of the boards that I've worked on have have been volunteer. And I've never heard anyone after they've volunteered say, wow, that was a waste of my time. I wish I didn't do that. So you always feel good about doing it. It's always a great use of your time. It's really just finding the time and making the time to do it. Take that commitment. So true, Katie. And, and they, what do they always say? Write it down and put it up on the mirror so you see it every day. But Katie, I can't thank you enough. I mean, you have covered so much today, not only about the travel industry and motivating us all to get back out there and, and start seeing our country and our world, but about boards and about your career. So I, I, I can't thank you enough and hope to keep in touch. And women, I'm sure will reach out to you, our listeners, if they have any questions about maybe their careers. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Susan. This was so much fun. And congratulations to you and Glenn Eagle Advisors on all that you guys are doing. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.